I'm Cray Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, today on Beyond the Design, we have Sarah and Rosenhaus. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So why don't you go ahead and start and tell us a little about you and your story. Oh my goodness, it's a long story. I've been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm born and raised in Santa Monica, California. Uh, I've never left. And um, I kind of got into design just because. Um, when I was a little girl, my grandma had me a lot of the time. And um, I was always arranging like the bookshelves in her house and her coffee table with all of her little like knickknacks and objects and things like that. <laughs> and um, my mom would take me with her to the, um, the fabric store because she would take um, classes to sew her own clothes because she had always made her own clothes. And I remember trying to, to make a, a flannel shirt because it was the 90s and I was trying to be grunge and um, it just was not working for me. Like I couldn't figure out how to do all the details and make buttonholes and things like that. Um, but making drapes was really easy for me because it was just these like flat panels that I could sew on my own. And so I remember being like 15 years old and I had all these different drapes. I would have shears and you know, another layer of like decorative drapes. And I was mm. always changing my room and decorating in different ways. And so you um, had a calling at a very early age. <laughs> a very early age. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just kind of progressed when I was 19. Um, I got a job through a family friend working in photography on movies and wow. the photographer started using me as an assistant on some of his shoots outside of the, the movies. And I was constantly like fussing with, the models and the environments. <clears throat> and he kind of got to the point where he was like, you're so good at this. I don't want to have my photos without you here because the way you make them look like aside from what he was capturing and, um, and that kind of sparked something in me. And I just kind mm -hmm. of started to put together like, okay, I like making rooms pretty. I'm good at like seeing how things need to look on camera. Um, and I loved taking pictures. I had an eye for it, um, but I just was always drawn to interiors and making my room pretty and trying different things. And I was always exploring and doing things that I wasn't seeing other people do. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. So did you say, okay, well, this is my career. This is the path I'm going to take. And how did you get started in having your own firm? Well, so after I was working with the photographer, I decided to take some classes at Santa Monica College here in Santa Monica. They had a really good interior architecture program. And I, you know, I started taking like fundamental classes. I loved the history of furniture. I took some architecture classes as well because I love space and kind of the way that like buildings interact with their mm -hmm. environment and things like that. Um, and perhaps had I been better at math and more disciplined in my younger years, I would have become an architect, but um, <laughs> I just didn't have that drive and discipline or aptitude for math. Um, but I just loved all the classes at SMC. And in my second semester, 
our teacher, one of our teachers sent out this list of architecture and design firms that were looking for interns. And I just started calling all of them. And I was just so hungry to be in design in any way that I could be. And so I got a job working for an architecture firm and they, you know, hired me as their resource librarian and just kept giving me opportunities to like select the tile for a big bathroom in, you know, some big corporate building. But I was like, Mm -hmm. great, you know, I'll take it, you know. Um, And I started um, building a lot of relationships with like the fabric and furniture and materials reps because they were coming through me. And I got a great education being in that architecture firm and managing their resource library because I learned so much about everything that goes into creating spaces. Right. Hands-on training. (laughs) Yeah. Really hands-on. And I continued taking classes at SMC. um, And then after about a year and a half with the architecture firm, um, the company Vitra, which is a European company, they're basically like, well, I don't know if I should say it, but they're like the Herman Miller of Europe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got all the rights in Europe to Eames and all of that. Um, they had opened a showroom in Santa Monica and they were looking for team members. And I went and applied and I got a job and I was basically running the showroom and then also working as an assistant to the sales team, helping to create layouts with all of their office products and stuff like that. Um, and again, it was an amazing education and, my house still has all kinds of Vitra furniture in it, which I'm so lucky I've got all the Jean Prouvé. Um, and from there, once I got the job at Vitra, I stopped taking classes at SMC. So I never actually got a degree. So when did you decide that you wanted to work for yourself and be an entrepreneur and have your own firm? Well, Vitra was amazing. But after I was there for about two years, they decided that their American endeavor was not working out the way that they had hoped. And so they decided to downsize to a much smaller kind of in-house run team and they closed our Mm -hmm. showroom. And at that time, I had the opportunity to go and work for other similar type companies in terms of creating workspace environments with, you know, some of the bigger like Steelcase and companies like that. Or I had started taking on some very small private clients while I was at Vitra. Um, I went, you know, maybe I should just explore this. I'm really enjoying it. I I had spent a little bit of time on the commercial side and it was fun. But um, the journey for me was really about getting to know the client and that relationship and the home. Um, And I just took the leap. And Mm -hmm. when Vitra closed... I decided to just focus on taking on my own private clients instead of getting another job job. All right. So what is your main focus? What sector of the industry? Residential. Yeah. And how do you, how do you, what is your design process? Well, that's such a great question. Cause we've been really exploring that lately. Um, Cause I hear that and I'm like process. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> Do you just throw things against the wall like I have here or do you start? No, um, no, it's, I guess I'm I'm glad that we're having this conversation because maybe it will actually help me clarify. (laughs) It's actually pretty clear for me. Um, I'm very intuitive and I'm driven by who the client is, um, what the space wants, what the space is communicating. And then obviously Mm -hmm. there's my perspective that I bring in my approach and my approach is pretty consistent but the other two variables are not necessarily. And that's kind of where the fun lies for me is in, in creating that mashup. 
of you know my perspective, who the client is, and what the space wants, and and what that unique expression is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know it's a combination of you know to start meeting the client, getting to know them. I kind of have an intake, but it's very relaxed. I have questions that I ask that help me get a sense of who they are. Um, and then obviously visiting the space. Typically we're working on, you know, renovations, restorations. Um, and then from there, I create a narrative and um, really try to express to the client what that narrative is. And hopefully I have nailed it for them and also express something that they didn't realize was within them. Um, and then from there, we start to put a visual representation to that narrative. So is there a Sarah, Sarah Rosenhaus aesthetic or design? Mm, not in like a formulaic way that you could look at it to me, mm-hmm. um, that you could look at and go, oh, okay, that's, that's what she does. And I'm calling her for that. No, definitely not. Um, I think that in everything that I do, I try to bring an, a level of refinement and sophistication I'm definitely inspired by, um, you know, European sensibilities, but I'm also deeply steeped in like the mid-century and Bauhaus um, idioms, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. So, you know, I I think all of that is part of what influences the way that I approach things. Um, But because I'm so uniquely focused on who the client is and what the space wants and the narrative that we're trying to create, I don't think that there's a way for there to be one particular aesthetic that comes through. Do you ever get creative block? Like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And how how do you work yourself through that? I take space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I am, this is so off the design topic, but maybe not. Um, I've been playing the piano since I was three years old and, um, fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a, an emotional expression for me. I don't like to perform for, for people. I just like to mm. play for me. But um, if, I'm, if I'm trying to learn a really difficult passage and my fingers keep stumbling and my brain won't like allow it to settle, mm-hmm. I'll go away from it and I'll just take, you know, a week or even sometimes more. I can't do that with my clients necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what it taught me was that, you know, if I go away from it, and I just let it be the muscle memory is there because I'll have played that passage over and over and over again with my fingers and, and to just give it some space and then come back to it. Usually I'm able to move through it in a way that I couldn't when I was so intensely focused on it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that same approach applies to probably everything we do in life, but definitely my design process where if I'm really feeling like I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out where to go with something. I'll just take a break and do something else and, and, and let it sit and marinate. And, you know, whenever I come back to it. How do you do that when, sorry, how do you do that when you have a client, especially in the residential sector, um, that is all over the place, like shiny ball, shiny ball. And how do you kind of narrow them down to say, okay, Here's where we need to go. This is the path that you need to take instead of, you know, being over, over pulled or over, um, 
what would the term be? Just looking at Pinterest and looking online and watching TV shows, you know, if they've given you a certain format saying, this is what we want, this is the style, and they start kind of throwing other stuff at you, you know? It's like, oh, I saw this, oh, I saw this. How do you narrow down your clients to stay stay the path and direct it? I think that's the importance of the narrative, you know? It's always bringing them back to, you know, this is this is the story that we're trying to tell here, and does mm-hmm. that fit the story, you know? Um, I'm working with a client right now who just wants everything to be like, Lux, 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 you know, like the <laughs> ultimate in luxury. And, but it's also like probably one of the most quiet and refined and sophisticated spaces I've ever worked on, which is a dream for me because that's, mm. I mean, I think that there is so much to be said for refinement and it takes talent and skill to be able to really allow yourself not to over-design something. Right. And I'm even seeing the client, you know, we were at the stone yard looking at marble for the kitchen and the whole entire home is just paneled white oak and raw unfilled travertine. And it's so stunning. And there's like, everything is tonal and texture and it's magnificently beautiful. And then he sees this slab of Calcutta Viola, which is magnificent as well. And he wants it because it reminds him of, you know, old buildings in Rome and the luxury of all of that. And it's, you know, it would be very easy to get swayed into using that, but it's like, you have to think about when you walk into this space, it's so quiet and tonal and textural and refined. And that's the beauty of it. That's saying so much in its in itself that while that Calicotta Viola does communicate luxury, it doesn't mm-hmm. fit the space. In this space, it just looks like we're trying too hard, you know? Right. So it's like, how do you communicate that we will achieve that element of luxury that you want, but we have to approach it from a different perspective, you know? You mentioned briefly mid-century and other um, aesthetics. What is your own personal aesthetic and design taste that kind of emphasizes and says who you are? I don't know. I need a designer to help me figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true, though. That's so true. Architects <laughs> and designers can never work on their own projects because I think we get uh, pulled and it's like we're, we're the probably our worst own client. Oh my gosh! This <laughs> is everything I see. I'm like, I love that. Exactly. I love that. It's so pretty. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like things quiet. I like things comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've inherited so much vitra. I have, you know, Jean Prouvé everywhere, which I can't complain about one bit. Um, So the front room of of my house is kind of just a gallery of, you know, beautiful pieces. But my family room, I've got a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old boy. Like everything is about performance, you know. And longevity. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, I've got a beautiful Calvin high-performance linen on my sofa that's a slipcover. And there have been hot Cheeto fingers on it. It's come right out and it still looks great, you know, but it's, it's, um, it's casual and comfortable and people walk in and they think it's beautiful, but um, it's definitely built to last, you know, like I I can't be precious about the spaces where we live. Um, But that's kind of my front room, you know, that that gives me always be picture perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the beauty of life, right? Like right. life's a little bit messy and the perfection comes in that. So 
What um, motivates you as a creative individual? Say that one more time. What motivates you as a creative individual? <sighs> That's a great question. What does motivate me? Being of service. You know, I, I love the process of, you know, being there with a client shepherding them through the design process, Mm. um, watching the surprise and delight as things unfold um, and knowing that I was able to make a difference for someone that has lasting impact, you know, like our home is our sanctuary. And if you can create a space that really nurtures people and um, allows them the, the freedom and comfort to kind of love on themselves a little bit, then there's nothing better. Mm. Do you get distracted by the multitude of Pinterest and print and TV shows and other things? Or are you a well-focused creative? Like you meet with a client, you have your narrative, you know which way to go. Or do you just start pulling in any direction that you can find or go shopping and see various things that you want to install or incorporate in your design? Are you pretty much... Because I think creatives sometimes are very left and sometimes very right, or they're kind of like a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I'm a musician, right? So there's definitely like, I feel like that bridges the gap between left and right, because there Mm -hmm. is some math in in being a musician, but then there's also creativity and opening yourself up and letting it like transcend you. Um, And I think that the creative process is that across the board, you know? I'm very focused, but I allow space for the chaos to come in because I think that's kind of where creativity happens. Right. But it happens within a structure for me, for sure. Um, you know, I I never want to pigeon my, pigeonhole myself into like this is the way that I work and these are the things that I use. Like I I love being exposed to new things, different things, different ways of thinking. Um, but for me personally, the best way that I can do that is is through having a structured process to a certain extent, um, probably because it makes me feel safe because I can be anxious. Right. So when things feel out of control, I can't focus, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it's with every project because everyone's different. I never know what that that inspiration is going to be. I never know where it's going to come from. I usually kind of, I just sit back and trust that in, you know, learning who the client is and creating that narrative, like every step just kind of becomes apparent as I I start walking. So have you ever had that type of client that just doesn't know what they want or they can't visualize what you're trying to interpret for them? I mean, I think that's a lot of clients, you know, (laughs) I don't necessarily think that our clients need to come to us knowing what they want. I think that's our job, you know, right. Be able to listen to them and, and hear what it is that they're expressing in their not knowing, you know, if they knew they could go do it for themselves and then we'd be out of work. True. Yeah. Very true. Have you ever had that type of client that's just all over the place and you have to rein them in? Oh, for sure. I mean, I've had clients, especially when I was younger, Uh, and didn't really know how to kind of focus or I didn't have the self-confidence to kind of stand more firm. Um, Mm. You know, it was almost like I got hired to be a personal shopper for people who just wanted (laughs) to see every possible option available. Um, But I I don't really experience that anymore because we do create such a 
a strong narrative with our clients and we do educate them so clearly from the start that they understand what we're doing and they really trust us to kind of allow us to take their project in our hands and, and provide them with good work. So is most of your work in the California region or LA basin? Lately. Yeah. Um, I've worked in New York quite a bit cause I have family there. And so I used to go back and forth, but I, um, the logistics of working in Manhattan are not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, not necessarily something that I'm drawn to currently. Right. Um, maybe it's cause I'm way too laid back California. But <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had a project in Costa Rica, which was wow. amazing and interesting and very different. I would do it again, but I'm also not out there like, you know, actively marketing myself as that. Um, and then, you know, through the pandemic, we had projects kind of all over little, you know, things that we were doing. We did a kitchen and, you know, a, a couple of other little decorating things, just, you mm-hmm. know, remote via Zoom. So um, we can work anywhere, but I do like being local. Mm-hmm. I like being with my clients in person. So your main focus is residential. Is there any other sectors that you want to get your feet with? Um. I mean, I've done some commercial, mm-hmm. um, even on my own, I've, I've done an editing house and I've done, um, a couple of clothing, um, hybrids. They weren't full retail. They were kind of like work retail spaces. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and those are fun, but I have to say the narrative of creating home for people, I'm a mom, I'm a homemaker, you know, right. um, I really, I really love that. Um, my associate who works with me, Jordan, would kill me if I said, uh, didn't say that we would love to do a boutique hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Jordan would love to do a boutique hotel. It's and out there I, now. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean, yes, I would love it. I would not. I'm I'm always open to opportunities as they arise. So mm. there's not anything I would necessarily say no to. It's more, am I a fit for the client? And is the client a fit for us? You Correct. know? So it's it's not so much scope, it's it's relationship, it's it's dynamic, it's chemistry, you know. So during your, your tenure as you're in the industry and having your own firm, is there any milestone milestones or goals you want to set for yourself or that you've hit or that you want to peek at? Oh my gosh. I mean, I just want to keep growing, you know, yeah. as a human being and in my business, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested in becoming such a big firm that, um, I'm not a, like hands-on with all of my projects. So I've, I've kind of maintained a pretty small boutique, um, approach in that regard because of the fact that the relationship is so important to me and I love that aspect of it and I don't want mm-hmm. to be removed from it. I think the highlight of my career, um, was restoring a Ray Cappy home in Encino and, um, I mean, we, we took the house apart and put it back together. I remember standing yeah, wow. in the living room and the roof was off and all the trees were above and it was like standing in this beautiful tree house. And when we were done, Ray and his wife, Shelly came out, um, to walk the property and he was just so pleased with everything that we had done. And he said to me, if anyone ever wants to restore one of my homes, you should be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I don't know that you can really get more of a compliment than, than that. That's you know? a pretty good one. Yeah. Pretty good one. Yeah. So, I mean, just being able to be in his presence and, and, and experience that and have him see what I did with his work 
and then have him acknowledge me and also just to be able to walk through with him and say, what were you thinking when you did this? And what were you thinking when you did this? And, you know, understand his approach from a, a, a first person, you know, experience was pretty amazing. Do you think you learn um, from your clients? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is one of the, I, I think, what, what is the most significant thing you think you've learned from one of your clients? I mean, I think the most significant things I've learned are to add different clauses to the contract. But <laughs> 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 um, I, I mean, just, just different ways of looking at things, you know, like they remind me all the time, just don't, don't get rigid, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't in your ways like you know sometimes they ask questions because they're not in design but are so outside of the way that i think or the way that i would approach things and it makes me stop and go oh that's interesting you know because we we kind of we learn all these rules you know right you do it this way or you know these are the standards and then mm. a client coming out of like no background at all will say something and say huh yeah you know i don't have an example of it particularly but yeah. Well, I think I it's that it. perspective, just like art. Uh, I think in, in design is an art form. And so everyone has a different perspective of what they see or engages in the feeling or things like that. So I think it's a yeah. good way to further expand uh, longevity within your career when you're actually learning from your clients as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I learn from everything. You know, that's kind of my approach in life is every time I have an experience, it's like, okay, now what can I take away from this? What can I learn? You know? Do you think the industry is inundated with too much how to's and do it yourself and (laughs) easy fixes? And I don't know. I mean, I think it's elevated that the industry, but it's also, I think limited as, as well, because this is my own, my own assumption, my own view, but it's like uh, some clients think, you know, oh, it only costs this. They did it so quickly or the time frame. It's like, oh, they showed it on TV and it only took two days. It's like, well, no, <laughs> it probably took two months. And, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess, you know, it's there's such a spectrum of what clients are looking for, you know, mm-hmm. and there are just some people who are going to be more at the DIY level and, those aren't the clients that I'm working with, you know? Um, and I appreciate that there's definitely that genre that, you know, there needs to be that information for them. Uh, I do agree with you in terms of like some of what people are seeing on TV and the misinformation that it adds to the amount of educating that we need to do, which is, you know, just part of our job across the board anyway. I mean, it's, so much of what we do is either educating clients or being their psychologist, you know, and then, you know, on the side, we get to make things pretty. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that there's something for everyone. And so it doesn't necessarily, I don't find it off putting that all of that's going on because the client that I'm looking to work with particularly isn't interested by any of that information anyway, you know? Do you do everything from nuts to bolts to, a whole project or do you also do someone just wants the kitchen or just a bathroom besides yeah, just a, I mean, a whole entire house? 
yeah, we're full service. We can take you from, you know, a patch of dirt to a completely realized home and, and garden. Um, and at the same time, if you just want to redo your bathroom, we can do that. Um, again, it's, it's about the, the connection with the client and the relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking for, you know, people that, that we're a fit for, um, and that we want to spend that chunk of time with as we, you know, journey through this life, you know, cause it's a marriage, these, these yeah. projects that we take on, you know? So, um, yeah, it's not so much about scope. It's about, you know, what can we create together? What excites you, uh, being a designer? Oh my gosh. Like getting a fresh box of tile delivered and opening it up. Like <laughs> <laughs> a kid in a candy store. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much, you know, or like just walking through the design center and like seeing all of the fabrics and all the different things that are being created and all of the different like materials that are at our fingertips and like, you know, walking into a space after it's been demoed and being able to like finally really see the potential of what it is that you're creating start to come to life, like mm -hmm. whole process. But yeah, there's nothing like opening up a box of, of fresh new tile. I heard a designer once said, it's like giving birth. I'm like, yeah, it's got the pain. <laughs> it's got, you know, the time frame, the long nine months or plus. And then at the end of it, you you see it born. It comes to life. You know, you you handed someone their life uh, yeah. or their new life. And so it's like, yeah, I can't say it felt like childbirth, but <laughs> I can see, you know, comparison. Over, over childbirth. I've done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing thing about houses is that they don't bleed. You know, I always say True. that to clients when they, they have, uh, you know, when they get freaked out about things, it's like, this is okay. You know? Yeah. And they don't so, talk back. They don't. I mean, sometimes they do, but yeah. yeah. Interesting. So yeah. when you when you first talk to a client, which what's your approach? How do you build that connectivity and that uh I guess because you kind of do become an extended part of their family because you oh, have yeah. to know about their lifestyle and who they are and how they live. And so how do you build that? that trust and that connectivity with your clients? I listen, you know, um, ultimately I'm there to be of service. You know, they're calling me because they've got something that they want to accomplish with their home or their space that they feel that they can't do on their own. Um, and I'm there to help facilitate that. And the only way to do that is to hear what it is that they're trying to achieve, what they believe is the problem. Um, and then from there, I mean, I have a bunch of questions that I ask to help deepen that understanding. Um, and I think that just, you know, and then reflecting back what I've heard from them, you know, and, and creating that narrative, you know, and hopefully I've nailed it with the narrative. And I think that that, creates a sense of trust in, in knowing that they've been heard and understood. Mm -hmm. you know? So when, cause I, maybe it hasn't happened to you. I know it does with some um, designers and creatives when they have to become a therapist. Uh, when you have two factors, husband and wife partners with different views and different uh, ideas of what they want to see, how do you deal with that <laughs> relationship and, and that trust factor that you're hearing both ends, but completely two different views. Yeah. Um, 
again, I'll bring it back to the narrative. You know, I think it's a really wonderfully unifying thing to have because it is something that is separate from all of us. Mm-hmm. It is the story of what this home, what this project will be. And if we're able to always come back to and ask ourselves, um, you know, what's the best, the best way to tell this story? Is this object, is this item, whatever it is, um, you know, conducive to that, you know, it, it really takes it off from the individual, you know, and sometimes it's just hearing both people and then saying, okay, I heard you both. And this is what I think is, is the best right. way to do this. And I'm the expert. And I don't necessarily say it in that way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, you know, it's about, you know, kindly reminding them, you have me here for a reason. Please trust me that I will give you the best version of what it is that you want. Are you a traditionalist in the essence that form and function play more a part than bells and whistles or the new gadgets out there? Or Probably. I mean, that's, would you call that traditionalist or would you call that like Bauhaus, right? Like, isn't that yeah. of that? Yeah. I mean, I guess to me, yes, it's traditional. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm very clean and modern just in terms mm. of lines that I select, but I think that I'm more traditional in my approach. Um, and I'm so inspired by nature, which, you know, comes back to that kind of mid, mid-century mm-hmm. um, approach, you know, where you're really looking at the indoor to outdoor. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that, yes, that is my approach. <laughs> so what's on the horizon for you as a designer? On the horizon, um, I mean, we've got some really wonderful clients right now. We spent a year kind of rebranding and redoing the website. Um, and just, you know, I had to take a moment and go, okay, as I come into this next kind of season of my life, because I've been doing this for 20 years now, um, I just had to kind of take a pause and 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 reflect back and and look at, you know, kind of what has my business been, which I've been very fortunate um, to have had amazing projects and clients and opportunities. And now moving forward, what what do I want this next season to be? Um, and I think that, you know, we built a really solid foundation um, and I'm very excited about the projects that we have going on right now because they're very reflective of who I am and mm-hmm. the work that I want to be doing. Um, I have kind of realized that over the years I make a lot of custom pieces for clients. And so we're in the process of developing a catalog of pieces and um, oh, trying to figure out yeah, what to do with that and how to kind of move that forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, work-life balance. I've got two teenagers. So being a mom is important to me, having freedom in my business, having amazing clients. I'm pretty simple. <laughs> well, that's good. Simple life is good. Yeah. So you mentioned um, custom pieces and doing for your clients. So are you thinking about launching a signature furniture collection or is I it mean, lighting? or? Love- yeah, no, it's furniture. It's furniture. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of like every client, whenever we finish a project, they're like, my favorite pieces are the ones that you've, you've made for us, you know? Um, and there have been a few pieces that, just really stand out to me um, as pieces I think would do well, you know, out in the market. So 
Now, I don't really know how to even approach doing that, but it's something that we're kind of, at least right now, pulling together like a catalog mm-hmm. of images of things that we've made so that we have something uh, to present. That's good. That's yeah. a, a good marketing tool and, and it helps build the brand. Um, yeah. So your, people can actually identify you with an, on a different level than just uh, your design services. Yeah. So besides uh, maybe tackling a boutique hotel at some point, <laughs> is there any other goals that you want to achieve as a, as a creative or a furniture collection? Yeah. I mean, I just, I want to continue to do what I'm doing, you know, like I'm, I'm satisfied. Like I love the clients that we have. I love the projects that, you know, come into us. I would love to launch a product line to, you know, further get that kind of part of myself out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I feel very lucky. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's, more that's a good same. place to be. What's that? It is. Yeah, just more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to go back to your design aesthetic, do you feel like you have a a California lifestyle essence? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely not the like the beach approach that I think maybe maybe that's old anyway now like the casual coastal look like that's definitely not it for me but I think that there's just there's an approach to living in California and I don't know that it necessarily is expressed in one particular aesthetic but I think it's just this like effortlessness and like casualness you know that I definitely feel like I capture in in the work that I do um you know, it's it's definitely not lacking in formality, but I, mean, I love the word effortlessness. You know, it speaks to me. It speaks to what it is to be in California. You know, with our right. for the most part beautiful weather and beautiful you know. weather. And just yeah, there is a lifestyle component to it. But I think, as you mentioned early on, you know, it's about the narrative that you build for your client. Um, it could go any direction. How do you keep up on? the ever-changing components of the industry and the new um, products and trends and things like that and technology of how we actually work and design? Yeah. Um, I mean, so we we go out into the world quite a bit and and try to shop and explore and, and see what's new. Mm. Um and then obviously we have reps come into our office all the time, showing us new collections and products. And, and I think the internet now makes it so easy with all of the social media and Pinterest and all of that. Um, and then same thing with technology, you know, um, we have partners that we outsource some of what we do in terms of the technology aspects. And then we have a really great system in place in our office. Um, where we are able to kind of stay on top of things without having to get lost in spreadsheets, which I will never, ever, 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 ever do again. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your downfall? (laughs) Um, Just, you know, so we use a program now called Studio Webware, which I know a lot of the design industry um, uses, and it just streamlines everything so beautifully. Um, But, you know, back in the, the early days, 
of my design business, everything was in like Google spreadsheets or Excel spreadsheets. And it was just, right. you know, took up so much time and was so hard to maintain. And you never knew if it was up to date or if things were accurate. And it just was, I mean, not the fun part of having a design business and, and yeah. some of the new technology. I mean, studio has been around for a while, but and we've been on it for quite a while too, but just so many of the different technologies that are available now make it so much easier to kind of dial in those aspects so that you're not spending so much time. You can really focus on, you know, the design aspects and the exploration of product and all kinds of amazing things. And, you know, we even take days to go visit the museum and get inspired by, you know, just art and culture in general, you know, that's fantastic. Feeds that creativity. So when you um, started to where you're at now, is there a particular project? It's a two-part question. A particular project that you are immensely proud of? And is there a project that you kind of look back? It's like, wow, I didn't expect that response. I can't think of one for the second part of that. And I kind of feel like every time I complete a project, I feel like, wow, that was amazing. Um, I would say that the Cappy is a high point, though. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, that's a really big deal to me. You know, that's Ray Cappy, like, and who he is in the industry and what he did for architecture in California and just the pedigree of who he is. And that I was able to have that experience with him. He was able to acknowledge me in the way that he did. That's great. Um, you know, like that, it was years ago now, um, but it just, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, anything topping that. True. You never know. But, yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, but so many of my architectural heroes are no longer alive, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I mean, there's so many designers and architects who I admire now as well, who are very much alive and working. Um, but some of those, like, you know, groundbreaking um, people who we all kind mm-hmm. of look from, from that time period, at least for me, you know. But yes, and all of my projects, for the most part, I'm so proud of, you know, what I'm able to achieve with my clients. And I love my clients so much. And I'm so grateful that I, I get to work with such incredible people. That's fantastic. So, so to change the question, maybe the second part of that last question. Um, is there a project that you're surprised that you got through it? <laughs> you don't need, have to name the project. It's just, you know, someone's like, I did it. I got through it. And yeah, I mean, so yes, there are a couple of projects like that. And they're clients who I've had actually, I've worked with them on one of them. I've worked with on two projects and one of them I've worked with on three projects and Every time they come back and they want to work again, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Because <laughs> ultimately they're amazing people, but just sometimes, you know, there's a little bit more like angst and, and neuroticism involved in the process <laughs> for certain clients than others, but they've got such good hearts. Like, and I just, you know, ultimately like they both trust me so much. And that's good. The result that's important. Of, yeah. The result of working together is, quite beautiful it's just the process you kind of have to know okay this is who i'm getting involved with and this is going to be you know 
intense and, you know, we're just going to be a lot of hand holding and, and taking care of and knowing this has nothing to do with me. This is just who they are and they probably do it everywhere in their life. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of those. <laughs> I think every designer or creative has experienced that. Is there a project or a client that you asked you to do something? You're like, ah, oh, I just, I can't paint your bedroom black or I don't know, just something off the wall that you thought that's unique. Um, gosh, I can't think of anything. I mean, so I'm, I'm pretty good at, you're the lucky one. <laughs> I mean, I've had people say some crazy things to me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not right. gonna what they've said to me either. Um, but I've also, you know, when I was younger, I can't even remember some of that because it was so long ago. But I mean, at this point, I've gotten really good at recognizing when something's not going to be a fit right. and I don't take projects. Um, and I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, sometimes clients, maybe cl even some of my current clients have suggested things that I, when they just don't seem consistent, I just come back and I'm kindly like, you know, that's a really interesting perspective, but again, I don't, I don't know that it kind of suits our narrative. And, and if you can explain to me how it fits in here, let's explore mm. it further. You know, I'm pretty open and fluid in that regard. I'm pretty organic mm. in terms of the way that I approach things. I'm definitely not an ego. I never come into a project and I'm like, okay, I'm here now and this is going to be the way that it goes. And right. my way is the way. Um, so I'm pretty open to that, you know, kind of back and forth with a client and, you know, it's intriguing if they bring something that seems totally inconsistent. And again, I just come back to educating and, and um, doing what I do as the expert and reminding them that's super cool, but is it appropriate for this? You know, right. no black walls. <laughs> mm, black wall. Maybe. Depends is on there, um, what inspires you to be a creative? What gets you up in the morning thinking, okay, Another day of, of passion of doing what you do. Gratitude. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's just who I am. Like, it's, mm -hmm. I am a creative being. So if I were to try to suppress that, I would probably be sick. So I have to, <laughs> you know, and if I don't have an opportunity to be creative, then I'm probably sitting at my piano expressing it because it's just something that flows through me um, and always has. So, you know, I just, I, obviously I wake up some days and I'm like, I don't even want to get out of bed, but typically I wake up and I'm just so grateful that I have all of the opportunities in front of me to be able to be creative and express myself. And I'm always so grateful to my clients that they've chosen me, you know, that's good. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. So before we wrap up, is there any closing comments or how about a word of wisdom? Word of wisdom? Well, thank you so much. I'm so oh. grateful that you chose me and that you invited Absolutely. me to be here. Um, word of wisdom. Don't take it personally. You know, everybody's out there living their lives and trying to do the best that they can. I truly believe that we all have good inside of us. And particularly in this business of design, we're working with people on one of the most intimate and um, 
charged things in their in their lives, particularly in the residential sector, you know, and it's incredibly stressful. And I think mm. that people do freak out, you know, and for the most part, it has nothing to do with us. I mean, unless someone's really running a disorganized and right. you know, unfortunate business, but like for the most part, clients are going to freak out, you know, and it's not personal. Right. It's just, it's kind of their job. And it's our job to remind them everything's okay. It works out pretty, it works out in the end. Yeah. You know, well, Sarah, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for giving us some time. Um, is there anything you would like to share so our listeners know how to get in touch with you, how to knock on your door and say, we want to hire you? Yeah. I mean, I think the best way is to go to our Instagram, which is at SR Interiors, plural. Um, you know, I am the person that answers you. If you send me a DM, I will definitely get back to you. Um we have a website. It's sarahrosenhouse.com. Um, and there's a contact form there as well. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody that has enjoyed this interview and wants to know more about me. Happy to just chat, you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Sarah, for joining us today. And it's been an immense pleasure. Thank you so much. It was really, really fun. I'm so glad I got to have this time with you. All right. Great success to you. Thank you, and you as well.